In this episode, you will discover how to make SEO scalable and systematized, why you need to constantly evolve, evolve marketing and SEO, what will SEO or search engine optimization look like in the future, and you will watch yours truly get exposed and coached by my friend, Stefan Spencer. Welcome, Stefan. Thanks for having me. So um, uh, the topic today is the role of intuition in marketing. Um, Stefan is a genius at what he does. Let me do the proper introduction to Stefan and we're dive into a very conversation. Uh, he's one of the best uh, in the SEO uh, in the SEO field world. So let me do the proper intro. Stefan Spencer is an SEO expert, founder of the agency Next Concepts, and best-selling author. He has three books: O'Reilly of SEO, Social E-Commerce, and Google. Power search. He has optimized websites of some of the biggest brands in the world, including Shell, Mobile, Sony, and Zappos. Stefan hosts the podcast called Get Yourself Optimized and Marketing. Come, Stefan, again. How's your day going so far, my friend? Ah, going fabulous. <laughs> Love it. Where are you? I'm in Miami. Miami, Florida. What's the weather like? It's, uh, it's hot, but it's beautiful. We're on a lake. It's called Enchanted Lake, and it is enchanted. So we have all these uh, amazing waterfowl fowl that to visit us uh, all day long, like Egyptian geese and Muscovy ducks, ibis, herons, and everything. Yeah, it's really cool. Love it. So again, for you, before I start, this is a can of sparkly water. It's not beer. For those of you who are watching, I'm not like running a live show and drinking beer, just so you know. This is a new thing I just picked up and uh, I'm trying and testing having it here and today because um, I almost fast every day. So it's like I could probably pick a couple of water cans that is not going to break my fast. So let's dive into it. Steph uh, Stefan, what is your story? You, you broke up there. Can you? Oh, can you? Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. So what, just repeat yourself so I can answer the question. <laughs> oh, I just said, what is your story? Oh, my story. Okay. Yes. Well, I started an SEO in the mid-90s. I was studying for a biochemistry PhD, and I dropped out to start an internet company, an agency. And uh, part of that was me being inspired to do that because I wanted to jump on the internet bandwagon. I had attended a conference. I presented a paper there. It was called the Second International World Wide Web Conference. And Tim Berners-Lee, the inventor of the World Wide Web, was there as a keynote speaker, and I talked very br briefly to him. I met Rob McCool. What a, what a name, right? <laughs> Rob McCool. That is a cool name. He is the, is. the inventor of Netscape Server. So there was Netscape Browser, and then there was Netscape Server. He invented Netscape Server. And prior to that, he invented uh, HTTPD Server that um, was from NS NCSA. And then he invented apache after that so apache is running probably most websites on the internet these days anyway so i met him at this conference and i just thought wow i should totally ride this <laughs> this internet wave and simultaneously i got kind of a push out of the nest because my advisor uh the uh professor who i was working in his lab said you're not working enough hours you go home at six and that's not okay everyone else in the lab is staying till 8 and 9 p.m what the heck are you who do you think you are i'm like well i have young kids i have like babies i need to go home and so this was a point of contention and it got to the point where he said you know what you're not you're not gonna you you you, you got to find a new lab 
and that meant starting over like a year and a half uh, into my degree having to go start over did not appeal to me so i'm like you know what? i'll just stop with the master's degree abandon the phd and i'll start a company so it was a blessing in disguise that happens right <laughs> you get a you know your spouse tells you you're uh you're going to get divorced and you're blindsided by that that happened to me too uh but ends up being this amazing blessing i, I wouldn't have wished it to go any other way so this was the beginning of me on my journey of doing internet marketing and SEO. I hadn't taken any business classes, marketing classes, uh, really nothing much for computer programming even. It was all focused on biochemistry and molecular biology. So I was making it up as I was going along, but I just had a knack for it. And now, you know, decades later, I'm still doing it. But uh, with with the additional bent of like figuring out how to work in my spiritual mission in, into what I do with my agency as well. So talk about la that later and tie that in maybe to the topic of intuition if you'd like. But that's just kind of a, a how I got started story. And uh, yeah, if you want to ask any other questions about it, happy to happy to uh, elaborate. For sure. So what were you doing your PhD on? Biochemistry. Biochemistry. Okay. And then and then so what do you do these days and who do you serve? Well, we do SEO primarily. We also do some social media and content production and um, conversion optimization, but mostly we're known for SEO. And that's because of, in large part, because of this big book <laughs> that I co authored, The Art of SEO. Like that's. Art of SEO. Look at that thing. <laughs> 994 oh pages. God. Yeah. So How many I, pages? I co authored that. 994. Oh Practically a thousand page book. Wow. That's a lot of pages. And so it's, it's not, in SEO, yeah. I'm sorry, and it's, it's not just like a homegrown kind of thing. This is legit published by O'Reilly, <laughs> the tech book publisher. For sure. So, and then yeah. how many editions have you guys released? Uh, so that that's the third that I was holding up and we are now working on the fourth and that will come out at, uh, Q in Q1 of 2023. And I'm guessing you guys have to update that book once a while because yeah, SEO. A while, yes. it's, a, it's, it's painful. It's painful. I don't know what birthing a child is like, but um, this is the closest I've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go through and read it and update and and, and yeah, the whole the whole thing probably every couple of years or so, right? Or yeah. more. I don't know how often. Yeah. Well, ideally every two or three years, but this edition is five years old. No, seven years. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's been a long. It's well overdue. But it's a year to two year mission to do it. So we, this is serious business trying to write a thousand page book or update a thousand page book. It is uh, many, 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 many hours, even with uh, having uh, co-authors, a ton of work. Have you ever been in a situation when you like just went through updating a big section and then another update came out with like Google and, and like <laughs> other guys? Oh, like, yeah. oh, God, I just finished. That. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, the worst thing that could happen is the print deadline hits and then a major change. It, it was within days of the, of the print deadline. We'd already submitted everything and uh, copy editing, everything had all, all happened. And then Microsoft live search rebranded as Bing. <laughs> so oh, yeah. all of the screenshots, all of the mentions of live search and everything had to be changed last, last minute. We were in the 11th hour 
and uh, we did it. That would have been right, horrible be to have a book talking about live search. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dodged a bullet there. Fantastic. So how did you end up in SEO? What was the journey like? Like going from biochemistry to SEO? Help me understand the connection there. Well, back when I was a, a little kid, I was 12, 13 years old. I was big into computers. I was a super nerd. I programmed in basic and machine language and assembly language. And like I was just super nerdy. And I wrote my own bulletin board system from scratch, a BBS. This is back pre-internet days, uh, pre-World Wide Web. So I wrote a BBS and I ran it on my home phone line and annoyed the heck out of my mother because she'd pick up the phone and then she'd hear the squealing sounds of, <laughs> of a modem and she wouldn't be able to make, make any phone calls. So that was my uh, you know, early teenage years. And then I got to the point where I realized like, this is not healthy. I am, I shouldn't be staying up all night. So I sold my computer, gave away all my software and I went cold turkey, <laughs> joined the track team, joined the cross country uh, team, uh, cycling club and everything. And then, you know, got a life for the second half of my teenage uh, or my high school years getting kicked out of a chemistry lab. <laughs> I think we're so, having some connection issues. Yeah, I'm seeing my uh, my video going in and out. Maybe I should change my Wi-Fi network to maybe uh, see if that stabilizes it. So let me, let me do that. You want to try? Quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll be I'll be gone for about five to 10 seconds. No problem. So again, while we're waiting for Stefan, Stefan changes uh, in, internet connection. Um, we're talking about SEO, which SEO stands for search engine optimization. And uh, Stefan, are you back? I'm back. All right. I was just, I was just giving, why don't you give us, um, uh, maybe finish up your story there and then uh, I'll ask my next question. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think the, the kind of the through line, uh, the, the, the red thread through all of this is that I love and like reverse engineering stuff like D uh, deconstructing black boxes and, and poking and prodding at them. I, I, as, as a teenager, when I got my, so that, yeah, figured out how to scrounge a satellite dish from, uh, for free from people who wanted to just get rid of their satellite dish. This was in the very early days, like in the early nineties, when that was not a thing to have a satellite dish. So I could get you know, TV stations and, uh, from overseas and stuff. That was really cool. I just love figuring stuff out and, and, uh, reverse engineering stuff. So that's been a through line through my whole life is to uh, reverse engineer what seems to be a black box. I want to know the unknowable. <laughs> For sure. So you like you like deconstructing things. Like um, I'm, I like that process too, and especially when I was I, I started doing that that thing when I was a kid. Like my dad would buy me toys, and and in no time I would just open it up and try to figure out what's inside and how it works. And it's like, son, I spend a lot of money on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm just curious to see what it's like inside. So I love doing that, doing that as well. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So you were breaking up a little bit in, 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 in when you were saying it, how, so I'm, I, I didn't catch the part where on how you ended up with on SEO. Okay. So I was, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I don't think I actually went into how I ended up 
studying SEO specifically. So I started the agency focused on web development and and um, working on things like online catalogs and uh, uh, corporate websites and that sort of thing. And back in the day, it was AltaVista and InfoSeek and WebCrawler and all those uh, minor search engines. And people would do silly stuff like create separate pages for each search engine. The same content, but retooled and make all this spammy stuff. Looking back at it now, it just seemed ridiculous. But that's what a lot of people did. And I thought there must be a better way. And then Google came out and I'm like, thank goodness, because I hate doing SEO in the traditional way. I want to focus on that engine because that engine is really cool and comes back with great results. I think that's the future. And so I I bet on Google and my bet turned out <laughs> to be correct. I wish I would have put money on it, uh, not just my own business uh, and, and focus, but <laughs> invested in it. But, you know, whatever, everything happens in perfect timing. So I uh, started doing SEO in earnest really in the 1997, 98 timeframe and really focused on that primarily as as the core business uh, from maybe 2001 onward. <clears throat> one of our biggest clients, uh, or one of our biggest names, our early clients uh, that put us on the map in SEO was uh, Target.com, and we didn't even get money from them. We convinced them to to say yes to an audit, an SEO audit, that if they liked it and they were getting value out of it, they would give us a testimonial on the use of their logo. So we did that and and they loved it and they gave us a great quote and uh, let us use their logo. And so that went on our website and then that just started the floodgates. You know, you just get the first domino to fall. You know, you get some, like uh, with my podcast, Marketing Speak, one of the first uh, uh, people I had on my show was Jay Abraham. He was guest number 10. And all you have to do is name drop Jay Abraham. And it's like, okay, yep. Uh, where, where do I book? <laughs> uh, how, how do I get on your show? Yeah. That first Absolutely. down makes all the difference. Love it. I love that strategy on how you just chase target and you offer the free audit. Because yeah. most people will probably be focused on getting thousands of millions of dollars from them. And then you just grabbed it and you use their logo and that helps you get more clients. That That's very smart. Yeah. Yeah. But the and thing is, you have to create value. So if we didn't deliver a very value laden audit, if we had to cut corners and just try to do the bare minimum to get the our outcome that we wanted, like the universe doesn't reward you for that. That's, that's not how it's supposed to work. Karma isn't just in life, it's in business too. So we over delivered and then, you know, God gave us lots of blessings um, from that. So, yeah. Love it. And so another thing I was I was surprised with is I thought SEO started when Google came out. But apparently you were doing SEO before Google even That's right. launched. Yeah. Was it like on Yahoo and Alta Vista and those search engines? Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And there were tools that helped you do it to create these uh, doorway pages is what they were called that were each de designed to rank for that particular search engine. InfoSeek relied heavily, for example, on meta keywords, which is so ridiculous. <laughs> so you could spam the heck out of the meta keywords and that mm -hmm. would work InfoSeek, but it wouldn't work with a uh, web crawler or whatever, you know, whatever other engine. So you would use a tool called Web Position Gold and it would uh, spin out all these pages 
that would be designed for each of the search engines and then you'd upload them to your site. It was ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember um, I ran a web agency from 2010 to 2018. And even in those days, um, I, I remember where there was days where we could just put a bunch of keywords on a page and put the meta keywords and it would just show up right up. A lot of our customers actually did really well, surprisingly, like in a multiple six figures just from that alone. Well, meta keywords, actually, this is not a well-known fact, but uh, Google confirmed it. They never counted meta keywords. Hmm. Very interesting. So um, <laughs> um, give us a, a for, for people that are just not quite quite familiar with and uh, with SEO and they're not that tech savvy. Give us what's the definition of SEO. Like what is SEO? And what's the definition? Yeah. So search engine optimization is optimizing or working to improve your rankings and traffic coming from Google organically, from the unpaid editorial side of Google, not from the paid advertising side of Google, what used to be called AdWords and is just called Google Ads. So, so the unpaid side, that's where I focus. And mm -hmm. I help companies get higher rankings so that they get more organic traffic. And if you <clears throat> want to compare and contrast those two areas of Google paid versus Google organic, think of Google paid and getting uh, really great results out of Google ads as developing um, an income stream versus developing an asset with uh, Google organic. When you have an asset and you, let's say you take six months off, you go on sabbatical or something. I actually did that for five months uh, back years and years ago. You go on sabbatical and you leave everything. What happens to your paid search, uh, you know, everything that's uh, happening there? Well, you're not going to just let it run on its own and, and come back and find that the coffers are empty, that Google spent all your budget and didn't deliver it. No, you have to shut your ads off because you're going on sabbatical. But what if you shut off your SEO? Oh, I'm not going to write any more content, no more link building. I'm just going to put that all on the shelf for now. I'm going to Fiji or wherever, right? Well, because it's an asset, it will continue to pay you dividends month after month while you are away, even though you're not putting any additional effort. You don't get that with Google ads. You don't get that with really any other uh, channel that is um, based on uh, on staying on a treadmill. So that's sure, that's. Sure. That's the difference maker, and it makes it very compelling to focus on SEO versus the other um, the other channels. Love it. Yeah, well, that's what I appreciate about <clears throat> organic SEO. I like the fact that you just mentioned, like, even if you stop doing it, it's still there, and it will still bring traffic to you. Yeah. Unless you do some shady stuff and Google punishes you for... Yes, well, that's where having uh, uh, good ethics and, and, and business principles saves the day because you got to kind of get into your heart and does this feel right to me it, it, if it's against google's guidelines and you're embarrassed to tell a google engineer what you're doing if you happen to run across that google engineer well you're taking a risk but then if you also overlay onto that does it feel right in my soul and in my heart to do this i feel like i'm doing some unfair manipulation here and then you shouldn't do it mm -hmm. right? because karma is real. What you put out comes back 10 times over. So if you're doing something that's a little bit shady or a lot shady, then you're inviting karma to give you a nice big smack to, to uh, let you know how the law of cause and effect works. For sure. For sure. So let's talk about um, 
making SEO scalable and systematized, what's, what's the best approach to that? How can we make it happen? Well, if you have, let's say that you're not doing much of anything online right now, right? So we'll take the worst case example of, let's say a one page website. Google does not like one page websites. That means you're going to have to create a lot of new content. And why do you need all that content? Because the more pages, the more virtual salespeople you have in Google. Each page is a virtual salesperson. If you want a nice big virtual sales force out there pounding the pavement, trying to bring in uh, searchers to your website to turn into customers, you need a big sales force. You need to have a lot of web pages and not just spammy pages, you know, spun pages of uh, artificially intelligent generated content. <laughs> no, this has to be legit, valuable content and uh, written with search engines in mind, but not written for search engines, hmm. written for humans and uh, value-laden content. And ideally, if you can make it remarkable content, that is the ideal. Remarkable as in worthy of remark. That is a definition I learned from Seth Godin. He wrote Permission Marketing. And he wrote Unleashing the Idea Virus and The Purple Cow and all these other amazing marketing books. He was a guest on my podcast on Marketing Speak. Amazing guy. So that is what you're aiming for. Well, how do you scale that up? What if you want to have a thousand pages of quality, value-laden content like that that's worthy of remark? That's a tall order, especially if you're a small business. You just have to start small and work your way up, but you want to build systems and processes, SOPs, standard operating procedures, and you want to use tools that help you to uh, not necessarily uh, rubber stamp or cookie cutter content or spin content, but will help you to do it uh, more effectively uh, without as much uh, grunt work. So uh, just a few examples. Let's say that you're writing articles for your blog, you're uh, producing videos for your YouTube channel, and you have FAQs, frequently asked questions. Where do you get your ideas from? Well, you could just brainstorm and sit down with a pen and paper for a few hours, or you could turn to a tool like alsoasked.com, which is uh, a free tool. There's a premium version that's very inexpensive as well, but it just scrapes the content out of the people also asked box in Google. When you do a search, let's say it's for, I don't know, peanuts or cheese or, or homeschooling. You're going to get people also asked with some questions there that you can expand and see what the answers are. We have all I'm hmm. seen those kinds of uh, boxes in the Google search results. Well, that's great fodder for ideas for videos and blog posts and FAQs. Well, this tool also asked.com will take the uh, the boxes off of Google search results and uh, follow down those rabbit holes because as you expand the questions, there are more questions that get added. So you click on expand to see the answer. Then there's more. The box gets longer and longer and longer as you keep expanding these. So it scrapes through all of that, pulls all that content out, and puts it into a really cool little uh, tree uh, chart or uh, graph. Mm -hmm. And then you can uh, export that as, a, as an image, or you can export that as a CSV file and pull it into Google Sheets. You can recenter on one of the questions like, oh, that's a great question about homeschooling. I'm going to 
focus on that one. And then it redraws the whole tree structure with a whole new set of questions, starting with that as the starting point. So this is a great way to systematize and scale ideation for blog posts and articles and FAQs. So that's just one little piece. Interesting. Right. I now, just went on. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just went on also ask.com and I, and I searched for follow-up because that's what I specialize in. I'm trying to figure out what are people asking about follow-ups so I could like create an article, create a video about it and, and probably do a bunch of work that way. Yeah. So that's a great uh, way to start. Another way to scale this, let's say that you wanted to, um, to write about um, follow-up might not be the best keyword to use in this example. Let's use something like, um, I don't know, prospecting. Okay. Because I think you'll get uh, some more interesting results using this approach with that keyword. So just uh, humor me here. We'll use that keyword for the moment. If Prospect. you go to Google and you type in site colon buzzfeed.com, you could do this with any of the viral sites. I like BuzzFeed. It's valued at over a billion dollars and they have a massive team of incredibly gifted writers who understand what makes stuff go viral. So you're using them as your inspiration for your own articles because we got to create some link bait or some link worthy content. And again, we want to scale it so we can't just uh, uh, you know, kind of hope that we stumble upon a good idea. We got to always have these pools of ideas that we can we can draw from mm. so BuzzFeed for this. But we're searching Google without having to you know, go into the BuzzFeed site. So site colon BuzzFeed.com. There's no space after the colon. And then your keyword, in this case, prospecting. Okay, let me try it. And you will find there's some probably pretty good article ideas for you. You're not going to copy and paste <laughs> and and make a, a, a you know, duplicate piece of content. No, no plagiarism here. We're just using this as an ideation resource. But what a great way to start. Hmm. So what happens when I do that? Uh, uh, I, 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 for some reason, I'm not able to bring that bring that up on my end. So site colon. Yeah, S-I-T-E colon buzzfeed.com. This is all a Google search and then prospecting. And, and then, what I'm seeing am is... Am I attaching prospecting here on the... Um, after That's the, uh, the second word, after okay. buzzfeed.com. So I'm getting some examples here of uh, articles like... None of these seem really relevant. The browser tool lets you see anyone's email address. Well, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that dot, too. Dot, dot. But well, let's we... use homeschooling as an example here. <clears throat> Homeschooling. Okay. Yeah. 12 homeschooling tips for beginners and working parents. We tried homeschooling for a week. 16 celebrities who were actually homeschooled. 17 homeschooling during the coronavirus outbreak tweets. Okay. So how do I use it? So what, what is that? What does that give me? These are ideas. If you are in that niche, uh -huh. and you're trying to figure out what am I going to write about? What am I going to write about that ha has <clears throat> viral appeal that has a hook to it? This is great inspiration. Got it. Okay. And so and these are examples of topics or systematize, right? So we want systems, we want uh, checklists and standard operating uh, procedures, SOPs. We want to be able to give this to a new team member and say, here, watch the training video. Here's the checklist. Go do this search, pull up this tool. Here's how you find a hashtag. Uh, you know, th this sort of stuff is reproducible and trainable then. Love it. Now, why why buzz, buzzfeed.com? Well, because they understand virality. 
And we don't just want to have a good quality piece of content, right? So here are, uh, here's everything you need to know about prospecting, or here's everything you need to do, <clears throat> need to know about follow-ups. I'm, I'm falling asleep just in the middle of saying that sentence, right? So that's not really compelling. You got to sexy it up. You need to have um, the, the curiosity gap that you create for the, the reader. When yeah. they see that title, they're intrigued, they're, they're compelled, they're pulled in. There's tension there that they have to relieve. And how do they relieve it? They click, they end up on your website, they read the article, and you don't give them the punchline in the first sentence. No, you keep them reading. You, like, you, give some, you release the tension slowly so that they read the whole article. If you gave the, the punchline in the title, they would not even bother to click to read the article let alone, like they, they, they wouldn't even scroll through the whole article. They wouldn't even bother landing on your website, right? Oh, yeah. The secret to prospecting is in the follow-up. <laughs> I just made that up. Yeah. You just gave it away. You just it's gave it away. Good. So don't do that. Like create a curiosity gap, create tension in the headline that you then continue to uh, slowly release that tension line so that they keep reading through to the very end of the article. Love it. Uh, 16 secrets and stories about multiple marketing companies. 17 MLM jokes that are funny and painfully accurate. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you see, you, you've got to have that. Uh, there's either controversy or humor or uh, something counterintuitive or surprising in there. Yeah. Con 13 shady MLM uh, recruiting tactics. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some uh, cognitive um, dissonance. Yeah. Right? Something that makes yeah. you kind of stop and look like what <laughs> so would you then copy that title exactly or do we need to modify it i think i know the answer modify it use yeah. it as inspiration but don't r&d it rip off and duplicate yeah i mean put your own version and make it different instead of yeah modify it so it's not an exact copy yeah and you can well, do this with youtube tip. as well because youtube is the number two search engine so let's say that you're um you're using a tool for YouTube called vidIQ. VidIQ is a browser expansion. You use that? I do not actually. Yeah. So vidIQ, it gives okay. you all sorts of stats on each video as you're looking at it on, on YouTube. But also when you're looking in the YouTube search results, it tells you how many subscribers that channel has without having to go to their channel. If I do a search for uh, follow-ups or prospecting or whatever in YouTube, the number two search engine. And I can see because I have vidIQ installed that uh, some channels have many millions of subscribers and, and some have only 15 subscribers. And then I compare that with the number of views on that topic of prospecting or whatever. Then I can say, oh, look at that video. It has way more views than subscribers. More views than subscribers means it busted out from its little niche of, of uh, uh, its core audience. And How does that happen? A really good video then to R&D. <laughs> Rip is off. That because, is that because the... Is that because the SEO? Is that because people liked it? Or what? what, what is like the role? That's a whole other show <laughs> about show, yeah. YouTube and what makes... Uh, for the search engine algorithmic uh, uh, signals that, that work and also the recommendation engine, which actually is more important than the search engine of YouTube. Yeah, YouTube Very is the number two search engine, but most of the traffic and watch time you're gonna get for your videos is 
probably coming from the recommendation engine, those suggested videos on the right-hand side. And so the most important thing is actually the, the thumbnail. If you have a really great uh, quality thumbnail, really enticing, creates that curiosity gap, very distinctive and brandable, branded so they can easily um, tell that that's another one of your videos and they just watch one of your videos, then they're inclined to click on one of your next videos. Also, you'll use things like end screens in, in YouTube to help drive people to additional videos of yours. Uh, that's at the end of the video and you should watch this video and then this video over here, you know, that's end screens or, or, and, and, uh, uh, important, I guess, end carts. But the other thing that you would do is you would make very branded and easily, uh, recognized thumbnails, which is the first thing that people look at, especially when they're looking at the suggested videos and in the search results too. So they see the thumbnail first title second, not all about the title. In Google search and for SEO for Google, yeah, titles are the thing that is the most important thing. The title tag is the most important thing. On YouTube, it's the thumbnail. That's what the, that's where people look first. For sure. Gang, if you're watching or listening, if you have any SEO questions, put them in a comment and we'll do our best to cover your questions. Now, Stefan, would you use any other sites other than BuzzFeed to just get other ideas? And Oh, for more? sure. For sure. I just gave that as an example. Um, I, I love that example because they have so much content on so many different topics, but you could use Distractify, Viral Distractify? Nova. Distractify, yeah. Distractify.com. Uh, Viral Nova, mm -hmm. Board Panda, Upworthy. Uh, these are all just more viral sites where they have lots of viral content. I'm sure you've heard of some of these. Love it. Oh, for sure. And, and you're just, again, looking for inspiration for what to write about that will hook people. And, and clickbait gets this bad rap, like it's a, it's a bad word. It only is if you are over-promising and under-delivering. I want you to under-promise and over-deliver. Don't mm -hmm. say that number six will blow your mind and then don't blow their minds. Don't even say that number six will blow their mind because you're setting a very high expectation, but really bait them with something that's super compelling, intriguing, and has curiosity uh, gaps built into it and then over deliver in the actual article or video. Love it. And that, that'll be on your title again. Yeah. So the title is the first thing that that is going to be looked at mm -hmm. typically. But you can also do that in, let's say you're going to uh, push this out on social media. So you have uh, Twitter cards and the image uh, for op open Facebook open graph and so forth. You, you put that image in to the HTML of the article and that gets picked up and displayed in, in social media, well, that should be a really compelling, curiosity-inducing image. So you might want to use a viral meme or something really funny or something that's uh, maybe writing on the coattails of some uh, trending topic, and that helps draw the person in. For sure. So if I sell, I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to go about finding keywords that I want to focus on. Uh, like, for what I get, for like, from what it sounds like, follow-up is not a sexy keyword that I want to focus on, right? How do I go about finding keywords that are relevant and sexy and I could bring people in? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm guessing that might be a question for people. Yeah. So there's a lot uh, out there for keyword research. There are a mm -hmm. number of great tools. Ahrefs.com, SEMrush.com, Moz.com, M-O-Z. 
These are just a few examples of, of great uh, tools for keyword research. And, and within the tool sets, you'll see multiple tools. So just within SEMrush, for example, you'll have the keyword magic tool, you'll have the content gap tool, and uh, on Ahrefs, you have the keyword gap tool. And what these tools do, uh, they, they help you look at different aspects of the keyword uh, research aspect of SEO or, or, or discipline. So for example, let's say that you wanted to compare how you rank versus your competitors for different keywords to see where the gaps are. I wanna see where my competitor is ranking for keywords that I am nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. Right, so I and take my, wanna... my arch nemesis. <laughs> uh, I don't believe in that sort of thing. No, I I think the world's big enough that uh, you, you know you there's there's enough for everybody. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's not it's not competition. It's cooperative. But anyway, so you you pick a competitor to analyze, and you see where they're ranking, and you're not at all. You're not in the first ten pages. They're on page one you're not in the first 100 results. This is a great report that you can run using either SEMrush or Ahrefs. It's either called the content gap tool or the keyword gap tool, depending on which tool you use. And you can get all these great keyword ideas. You just put in a competitor and set the parameters. So it's one uh, page one rankings for them and nowhere pages one through 10 for you. If they're on page six, and you're on page seven, I, I'm, that's not interesting to me. I wanna be nowhere, <laughs> invisible for that keyword. I'm like, ah, I need to create some content around that. Okay, interesting, very interesting. Right, because you know the old adage, you don't know what you don't know. Well, start here and you'll find out what you don't know you don't know. Like, oh, I had no idea that these were things that uh, I could rank for and that I could uh, get traffic on and my competitor figured it all out for me. For sure, for sure. So gang, do those uh, sites are ahref.com. Did I get that right, Stefan? So A-H-R-E-F-S.com. Yeah, okay. The one that he said, semrush.com and then moz.com, M-O-Z.com. Yep. Those are some sites to get started, get some keyword research done and figure out what, what you got and what keywords probably to focus on. Now, um, by the way, to tie into what we were talking about uh, at the beginning, and you know how there's intuition in this title of this uh, uh, of this uh, episode, where intuition would fit in is you're not just relying on tools to tell you what to write about or what to try to rank for or what to uh, try and build links to. You're tapping into the universal Google for some of that inspiration. Right. The universal Google is above <laughs> the upper worlds, like to the heavens. You're, you're, you're not just relying on your gut. You're actually an antenna for, uh, for the other side of the veil, right? So you're going to listen for your intuitive feelings around like, what should I write about? What should I, um, how should I differentiate myself in this content piece? What can I do that is going to stand out and make this piece remarkable and just tune in just like listen get in your heart and listen to what comes out and you'll be amazed like this stuff is uh divinely inspired so tap into it take advantage of it make use of it because uh we all have that gift of intuition very interesting so would you then maybe care to run some checks on google and different different um tools to see if there are maybe related topics or keywords to 
that intuition or yeah or topic that you came up with yeah so let's say that uh so for you if you're trying to figure out what to write about that would attract your ideal client avatar and your your specialty is follow-ups like what would be what would be the biggest problem that your clients face the biggest problem is that as i see it is that they have a list of customers and prospects and they're out there spending a ton of time and money to bring and find new leads while totally ignoring what they already have so how to reactivate a cold list might be something that would appeal to that person mm-hmm. right a cold list for sure you're, you're, for sure you're, so you have a cold audience or you have an a stale email list, like these are keywords. People are are searching for things like stale email list or email list is stale mm-hmm. or they're searching um, for uh, targeting a cold audience versus warm or warm versus cold audience. Cold audience. Like another issue that I know, I know for a fact people have is they hate to pick up the phone. Do I need to like do a keyword search for hate to pick up the phone or how to overcome fear of phone or so the term is cold calling mm-hmm. uh, that comes to mind and fear of cold calling. That would probably be a great article. So here I'm, I'm just, I'm tapping into my intuition to answer your questions around this. Like what would, what would be motivating somebody to, um, to search? Well, it's either getting out of pain or getting into pleasure. Mm-hmm. So fear or greed, they're trying to get um, a problem solved and, if they have a, f- a fear, what's another way of describing it? What if it's an extreme fear? Well, that's called a phobia. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Some of the fears are like they say, "I don't want to bother my customer," or "I don't, I don't want to be." That's sailing. an excuse. That that is that is a justification because they are uncomfortable or fearful. Again, if we take this formula of let's create a curiosity gap, let's make this article remarkable and memorable. Well, we talk about cold calling not as a fear but as a phobia how often do you hear that like fear you have uh, fear of heights fear of water fear of um flying, speaking. but fear of cold calling phobia of cold calling i think that is a hook that's a way of differentiating I, then you could sp- spin off so many different uh ideas off of that so you so could be the guy who's here on this planet to a uh, obliterate the phobia of cold calling. That could be your most hook of, to get on TV, to get uh, you know, a, a book deal, so many things. Most of what we do is like uh, more like warm calling. Do I want to talk about fear of cold calling? And then be like, you don't have to worry about this because you, have, you could actually do follow up and do more, more like warm calling. Mm-hmm. You could, but here's the thing. You're going to try and establish yourself with something that is maybe counterintuitive or creates a curiosity gap. Mm-hmm. And if warm calling doesn't create that curiosity gap, you're not going to get any traction. Got it. Right. So if, if I saw two books on the bookshelf at uh, Barnes and Noble, people, I guess, occasionally will go into a <laughs> bookstore. Uh, so they see two, two options, the warm calling Bible, Switch from cold calling to warm calling. Here's the here's the process. And the other book mm-hmm. is d- delete your cold calling phobia. Or here's how to delete your cold calling phobia. Or the um, the phobia of cold calling. Something along those lines. Okay, that's interesting. I like yeah. that second one. That one hooked me. Yeah, that like triggers or pain or a, or a fear that people are like, yep, I need to I need to deal with that. 
So there are different kinds of hooks. There's the controversy hook, the original research hook, the humor hook, utility hook, newsworthy hook. It's a bunch of different hooks. And those uh, don't all have to be used, of course, but you have to have a hook. Otherwise, it's just like a ho-hum, yet another piece of content out there about cold calling or warm uh, audiences or uh, follow-ups or whatever. There's a bazillion pieces of content out there about that sort of stuff. You got to stand out. And in SEO parlance, they refer to it as skyscraper content because it's above and beyond every other piece of content out there. It's like everything else is a house and you're the skyscraper. For sure. Um, Stefan, how do you, what, what do you see in the future of SEO? What, what's going to happen probably within the next five to 10 years or so? Oh gosh, so much. Um, I mean, it's, this planet's going to be very different in five to 10 years. Um, I'll tell you that for sure. So let's just stick to SEO though. Um, if nothing else changes significantly in, in terms of, uh, uh, what I think is going to happen on this planet in the next five to 10 years. Good stuff. I think I'm, I, I've, I'm very optimistic uh, and I have a lot of faith, but let's just focus on SEO. If we were to just say that everything else is kind of same old, same old, uh, but SEO continues at a faster and faster clip. We've got the law of accelerating returns. That's Moore's law, Metcalf's law, you know, the speed of uh, computing power and the price of it will uh, the price will half, the speed will double every 18 months or one or the other. That's uh, Moore's law. So that's going to continue and make computers faster. And you know, Metcalf's law, the network effect, uh, the, power, the power and value of the network uh, squares with the size of the network. So all that's happening just in the SEO space. Well, that means that we're going to be using AI. A great quote uh, from Peter Diamandis, the uh, the founder of the X Prize and and creator of the Abundance 360 conference, he said that by the end of this decade, there will be two kinds of businesses. One are businesses that are using AI at their core, and the other businesses that are out of business. So you're going to have to be using AI. Artificial intelligence will be an essential prerequisite to having a good business. Hmm. How will that uh, show itself. You'll be using tools like Market Muse, like um, Surfer SEO, and uh, Jasper to write content, to come up with keywords and targeting uh, different opportunities and analyzing the page for things, not just like readability, but uh, is this, how quality is this? If I put this in front of an expert, would they give this a thumbs up? Would this be worthy of their time? You'll have an expert system. AI that will be able to determine that without giving it to the actual human expert. So that's the world we're moving into is that kind of intelligence for SEO. And then on the flip side, what's Google doing, they're using more and more advanced AIs to determine if you were creating content using AIs or you know machines <laughs> versus an, an actual expert human expert. So they'll be able to sniff out that stuff uh, better and better. And they will also be able to determine if you're playing other kinds of uh, sneaky games going against Google's guidelines. Love it. So some of the AI tools that you mentioned, one of them was Jasper. What was the, you mentioned a couple of the other tools. Yeah. Surfer SEO and mm -hmm. Market Muse. Market Muse. Yeah. And then do you, um, so this, uh, is this for people that don't know how to write or don't have time to do it. And th these tools will just come up with an article around a certain topic for you. Yeah. Or if they want to leverage their time 
and write in half the time that it normally takes. So they start with the outline or at least the hook and they feed it to the tool like Jasper and then it writes the introduction, it writes the, um, the article content based on the outline you gave it. You could ask it to write the outline as well, but you have to have uh, you know hands-on you have to at least read you it. You have to hands on. You can't just rely on the tool to write everything for you. You can't not fact check what it uh, writes. You have to assume that everything is just you know, not correct. And but you don't have to start with a blank page. What Very I do, and I've done this for decades, is I would uh, dictate an article to somebody like an assistant who would then write a draft and maybe even load it into WordPress for me, and then I would just tweak it. So I'm not looking at a blank screen. I'm looking at a half-written article, mm -hmm. or at least a, a, a decent ha uh, like first draft, because I hate starting with a blank screen. So then you would speak it out, give it to someone to edit it, and add it, modify and optimize it. Then you would look back at it again and make some final tweaks to it to make sure it, it is like your language and it works for you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And garbage in, garbage out. That's a programmer uh, adage. Garbage in, garbage out. So if you give terrible inputs and instructions to the AI. <clears throat> Jasper, for example, is based on GPT-3 from OpenAI. And, and it's amazing, amazing technology. But if you tell it a terrible instruction, expect terrible output. You need to fine tune what you ask for. Could you like speak like a rough draft and give it to Jasper and be like, Jasper, expand on this for me? Yeah, you could uh, just say, write me an article about um, the power of the follow-up in business phone calling. And it will do it. It will do it. it and the Just more specific you are about it, and you say, and in the first paragraph, I want you to introduce what the difference is between warm leads and, and cold leads, and also the difference between uh, a referred uh, prospect versus someone that came in cold from you know, some ad campaign. And then in the next section, I want you to explain how uh, leads need nurturing and existing clients need nurturing. And then in the next section, I need you to talk about uh, counterintuitive ways to capture the interest and uh, delight the, the uh, client, even if they've been with you for years and they know exactly what's on your mind and what you're going to do and everything because you've been working together for so long. How do you surprise and delight those people? Then I want you to wrap it up by uh, you know, inviting them to download my white paper on uh, closing techniques to get referrals from your clients. Hmm. I am definitely going to give that Jasper tool a, a, a try. I'll, I'll give it a shot today. Actually, I have it on my screen right now. I heard about it like with our group like yesterday or the day before. About there are how no cool coincidences. It so Jasper like best of all three? What was that? There are no coincidences. So yeah, in fact, sure. we just heard about it yesterday. <laughs> and then you're going. For sure. And so is Jasper a free like... trial as well. So you can uh, get 10,000 words for free. Mm -hmm. Go to Jasper. I don't get anything from this. This is not an affiliate link. Uh, Jasper.ai slash free dash trial. And they'll give you a, a 10,000 word trial. Free dash trial. Yeah. Oh, and by the um, way, I have a cool uh, uh, freebie too. <laughs> I yeah, forgot to uh, that's, that's next. I actually posted about it. You are giving away four amazing gifts here to our audience. Yep. Um, 
Can you tell us about it, please? Yeah. So um, I, uh, well, first of all, when you're talking to somebody who is supposedly an SEO expert and you don't know SEO that, that well, you don't know which questions to ask. So you could end up getting snookered. The first uh, freebie is an SEO BS detector. It's a cheat sheet of questions that you can ask. You just subtly surreptitiously slide them into the interview process and they don't realize that they're trick questions. So an example, we actually talked about this very briefly earlier on in the, in the interview that meta keywords never counted in Google. What if one of my questions in the interview process for an SEO, either uh, employee or, or contractor or agency that I'm thinking of hiring is tell me your process for optimizing meta keyword. How do you do that? That's a good one. Right? Because the only right answer is what? Are you serious? Those never counted in Google. If they say, well, they don't count as much now these days as they used to, <laughs> like, uh-uh, here's the door or here's the virtual door. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. So that's one. And then there's mm -hmm. a SEO hiring blueprint, which is my seven-step process of screening candidates, not just um, in the interview, but what about beforehand? You can put little Easter eggs or little uh, tests inside of the job advert, if you're um, putting out a, an ad to hire somebody, an employee or contractor, you could have like a, uh, some sort of problem solving riddle, or you could have an instruction that they have to leave a voice message instead of sending an email to put their application forward. And if they don't follow the directions, like, okay, I'm not even going to respond to this person. They can't even follow Absolutely. a simple direction. They didn't clearly read my job advert. Absolutely. I actually yep. do that and it saves me hours upon hours. Oh my goodness. Such a great yeah. little hack. Absolutely. It, it can and work I, for any, any, any kind of uh, role, not just for hiring an SEO. hundred percent. Then I have the, the uh, SEO myths white paper. There are a lot of myths, a lot of, uh, misinformation out there about SEO and how it works. I, I bust all those myths. And then the fourth piece of content there that you guys will like is chapter seven of that really big book I showed you, The Art of SEO. Chapter seven is on link building, how to get right. links. Because if you don't get links, then you don't get authority, you don't get importance, you don't look like anybody trustworthy or important to Google. And that whole chapter is, is essential reading. Love it. So gang, um, to, um, to get access to these four gifts, go to marketingspeak.com forward slash Mustafa. Marketingspeak.com forward slash Mustafa is M-O-S-T-A-F-A. Um, and uh, get access to these four very generous gifts. The SEOBS de detector, which, get, which is a set of questions you can use to um, screen and qualify your SEO experts. The hiring blueprint, the SEO hiring blueprint that you could use to hire your SEO person, the SEO myth as as the as the uh, the white paper, and the seventh chapter of his book, the art of SEO, uh, which is on link building. Um, so again, for that, go to marketingspeak.com forward slash Mustafa. Um, Stefan, do you have time for a couple more personal questions before sure. we, we wrap up? Yeah, All right, sure. Cool. Um, what is a new thing you have tried recently? Big or small? A new thing. <laughs> In SEO or just anything? Reading a new article, trying something crazy, new or big or small, whatever you feel that would be new. Uh, new for me or new for everybody? New for you. New for me. Um, 
Okay. Well, I've been taking some courses on uh, psychic stuff, like remote viewing and psychometry and stuff like that. It's pretty love it. Pretty phenomenal. Like this I stuff is real. Yeah. Absolutely. I know you. That could be another another session as well. I guess on psychic <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Give us like two of your favorite books. The Alchemist mm-hmm. by Paulo Coelho. Yep. Have you read that one? Absolutely. Yeah. Did you know how long it took to write that book? Paulo Paulo spent 12 days, 150 million copies sold, and he wrote it in 12 days. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, that was a download. It's a good one. Downloaded right right from the upper worlds. That's so cool. Uh, So that's one. And another is um, You Were Born for This. That's by Bruce Wilkinson. There's another uh, book with the same title by somebody else, but the one that I recommend is by Bruce Wilkinson. And the idea behind it is that you can deliver God's miracles. You have to volunteer for it. You have to say, God, I'm, I'm here. Please send me. And then make sure you transfer the credit. So it's not your miracle. You're not the miracle worker. You're just the pizza delivery guy. It was God's miracle. Love it. The amazing, mind-blowing stuff that shows up. Oh, my goodness. It is, like, the stories I could tell you of things that you, you would say, I can't even believe that to be true. That is just so mind-blowing. I had a mind-blowing experience last week. Yeah? Like what? what was well, I, was, I, was, I was flying to Denver, and recently I noticed that a, a lot of my results, like with business and stuff, there's a lot of up and down. Like I go up and I come down crashing like head-on, and then I, I noticed that that's a trend. And I've been trying to figure out why. And I've been looking for solutions in the mindset category, talking to people. And what, and then a whole bunch of people have given me um, recommendations to the book called The Big Blue by Gay Hendricks. Mm. So on the flight to Denver, I pick up the book and I look at my Kindle and I have a sample of this book. I start reading and it goes, there are a lot of people in the world who have this up and down experience. I'm like, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> me. <laughs> and it's like, this entire book about is about fixing that issue. I'm like, what? And, and then it, it mentioned Mostafa. <laughs> Are you reading? <laughs> the forward is by Mostafa. <laughs> exactly. And so that was my and uh, that was my crazy experience last week. And I started reading the book, and it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, you know, there's wow. a thing called bibliomancy. It, it's so cool. When you open a book randomly with in uh, yeah, just being uh, tapped into your intuition and with intention. Mm-hmm. Like you want to reveal light and be a better person and, and do more good in the world. So you open the book up because oh, I don't have time to read this whole thing. So what am I supposed to learn? Uh-huh. Open it up, just randomly pick something, but it's not random because nothing's random. <laughs> There's nothing random in this universe. So that is exactly the thing that you, that I that was exactly yes. the thing that you were meant to hear. And it's just, it's so cool. It happens over and over and over again. I love it. Absolutely. So that's called bibliomancy. I learned that term just last year from uh, a big internet marketer that I had on on my show who's become a a spiritual uh, author for Hay House. Um, And uh, yeah, he's got the Maverick uh, Mastermind. His name is Yannick Silver. I don't know if you know him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he taught me the term bibliomancy and it's real. Oh, Bibliomancy. Yeah. Oh, Mancy. B-I-B-L-I-O-M-A-N-C-Y. Interesting. Yeah. Love it. So next question. What's one advice that made a big impact in life or business? Uh, making God my business partner. I feel like there's a quick story there. 
Well, I uh, so I was interviewing another guest for my podcast. This was for my other show, the Spiritual and Biohacking uh, Podcast. Get yourself optimized. So the the yeah the the more spiritually focused podcast. I was interviewing uh, Curtis Thomas, um, mm-hmm. the big um, uh, like uh, breathwork guy, mm-hmm. really cool guy. So he told me that he made God his business partner. I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> and he 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 shared his whole story, and I'm like, wow, that is super inspiring. And I just decided I'm going to do that too. I love it. Yeah, and, and don't assume that God's going to say yes. Ask him. You know, invite him, and and he'll say yes. So if I want to listen to that uh, to that episode, where do I go? That one is uh, getyourselfoptimized.com slash three two three. That's the episode number three two three two three. Yeah, got it. I'm gonna check that out. I, li- I like the concept of making God and, your business partner. And and just think, and if if God's your business partner, like not just equal business partner not certainly not a minority business partner or, or, or silent partner no he's directing you you're the steward for the business mm. so and he's the take it another step and he's this you're you're the steward for his wealth too not just in business but personally you're not just tithing 10 percent. what's the 90 percent? you think the 90 percent is yours no you're just a steward for that too have you talked about this like somewhere that I could listen to? Or people uh, could well, listen you got to start listening to my show to get yourself optimized. I, there's lots of spiritual content on there. Lots and lots. It's uh, it's really good. Like, have you done an episode specifically on this topic? Um, I did one about how I got this awakening and was shown the matrix. And I might have talked about uh, what you're asking about in that episode. I'm not sure. I don't remember how, how much I cover to that but uh that's episode 300 so if you go to get yourself optimized.com slash 300 that episode my wife orion who is also a podcaster her podcast is stellar life is amazing subscribe to that one she interviewed me on um my second spiritual awakening the one i had january 22nd last year in the middle of the night <laughs> while i was praying so uh pretty wild pretty wild and changed everything my whole life, my whole world is different now. Very interesting. Stephanie, if you had a Facebook or a Google ad where everyone around the world who has access to internet could see, what would your message be for the people of Earth? Reveal light in everything you do. And if somebody is a skeptic or they're a cynic even, where they just don't believe to in that concept, the the corollary to that ad would be there are no there are no private thoughts and there's nowhere to hide. So, you know, the the good news is that we're all just walking each other home. That's a quote from Ram Das. It's also um, the corollary of that is that you know we're, we're we're like Truman in the Truman Show, and everybody's in on the gig. <laughs> we're we're the clueless ones, uh, and we're the star of the show. We don't realize it. So there are no private thoughts. Keep it clean and uh, pure and be your best self at all times because you're on display 24 seven for uh, a lot of, a lot of beings. <laughs> but the unseen world is more real than the seen world. The, yeah. So that's, that's my, that's my slightly long Facebook ad. Love it. Love it. Love it. Stefan, this has been an amazing conversation. You dropped a lot of value. You shared a lot of tools. 
gang, if you want to still get access to um, uh, Stefan's four gifts, uh, go to marketingspeak.com forward slash Mustafa. Mustafa is M-O-S-T-A-F-A. And get access to that. Is there anything that you'd like to share that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about before we wrap up? Okay, this is something I learned just in the last couple of weeks from uh, one of my coaches. I have this wonderful coach who uh, I studied Kabbalah with, and I uh, I get spiritual coaching from and business coaching. His name is Eliyahu. That was another episode from my show, um, Eliyahu Gian, the great Kabbalah episode on Get Yourself Optimized. Anyway, so he gave me this little piece of advice that has just been really profound. It was in the last month. He said, trying to do stuff on your own is um a recipe for disaster really because spirituality is just working to get closer and closer to the creator that's it it's not personal development it's not being a better person it's just how close can i get to the creator and you can get through anything if you're holding his hand you know you're like the little child holding his hand and you can walk through um you know the the worst neighborhood in in the most violent city and get through it holding his hand, try to do it on your own. Good luck. Try to do anything on your own, even breathe without him. It's not going to happen. Everything happens with and through him. So I visualize holding his hand multiple times a day because he's here 24 seven. Just because I not thinking about him in a, a particular moment doesn't mean he's not here. It's like, whoa, that is a game changer. I love that. So I've been practicing that one. Very interesting. I recently read the book, uh, The Game of Life and How to Play It. Ah, Florence Scovel Shen. Absolutely. And it's been it's been mind-blowing for me. I've probably listened to the book a good eight or nine times over the past month, month and a half. I just Amazing. can't get enough of it. Mm. And she you talks know, about that's on not just Audible, but it's free on YouTube. The yeah. audio, audio version on the Master Key Society's YouTube channel is actually a, a better-sounding uh, uh, narr narration of it. Yeah, so you should drop That's a right, link to that in the show notes. I will drop the link to it. I could do it right now. And so what happened was I've listened to it. And in, 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 in one of the chapters, she talks about letting, casting the burden on, on God and like just letting it go and let God handle it in the best way possible. And I'm like, That's such a relief. Like I have a problem instead of worrying about it and sweating it and, you know, losing my sleep over it, be like, God is going to take care of me. I'm like, I love it. Mm -hmm. there's nothing that that's been profound um for me she was such a, a trailblazer this is 1925 when that book came out and it was like the matrix the matrix like that's the best documentary of all time that movie <laughs> and uh people who are rolling their eyeballs when they hear that it's a documentary um she was so ahead of her time that she was like neo in the matrix in 1925 and yet she maintained rapport and relatedness with pretty much anybody she was not super over the top woo woo and she was also not super over the top christian so that people who weren't christian didn't relate it was just a perfect balance very accessible uh so many great anecdotes personal stories that just really hit home and you feel like wow this lady is not just dodging bullets she's like the end scene in the matrix where neo just makes those bullets drop to the ground 100 percent, 100 percent. amazing I, I i almost every morning where i wake up 
I go for a drive and I drive in the country and I come back. And I, I've been listening to that book. Go, the, the YouTube version, I put the link here in the, in the, in, in the comments. Um, probably eight, eight or nine times over the past month or so. And it's been, it's, it's been having a, a profound impact on me. And the fact that we're here today talking about it and all the stuff that's been happening to me. Uh, and we, how, many, how many times have you listened to this YouTube version? Uh, several. several. But here's the thing is that, you know, think of um, bibliomancy again. Mm -hmm. So instead of I need to or I have to, it's like I get to, and I don't have to be overwhelmed by it. I have, uh, I don't know, 300 books on my to-read list. I'm never going to get to all those. Mm -hmm. I don't have to. I know that I'm being guided. And I know that if I have the benevolent intention and, and desire to be close to the creator, I'm going to be guided to exactly the right things at exactly the right time. Fantastic. So one, one book that I would recommend of hers that you may not have read yet is The Word is Your Wand. The Word is Your Wand. Your Word is Your Wand. Yeah, that came out in 1928. The wor is it our, that our word is how we, that's how we manifest. That's mm. how we make things real. You know, you actually create angels with words. When you have positive, pure intention, like thoughts, words, and deeds, that creates very powerful angels. And I'm not making this up. This isn't some new age uh, woo-woo thing. This is ancient Kabbalistic, uh, it's Jewish mysticism. Yeah. This is, this is legit. So be very mindful of your words. Well, and to me, like your words comes from your come from your thoughts, and our thoughts kind of drive everything. So yeah, it doesn't sound too woo woo. I mean, yeah. our and thoughts, your thoughts, our action, and and our results, and and everything around us. So yeah, be careful. Well, what if your thoughts aren't even yours? What if you're just a receiver, like a radio receiver, and the the vibration that you're at, that you're vibrating at, determines the radio stations that you tune into. So you hear these uh, horrible self-deprecating jokes and you think you're being funny or you're just um, uh, self-loathing or you're being defeatist or whatever and you're just mouthing these words that you're hearing in your head like oh why am i so mean to myself that's not you you you're tuning into a, a, a very bad radio station work on your vibration get into a place of gratitude quiet your mind and get in your heart and then your radio receiver will be tuned into higher vibration stuff. That's where the intuition comes in. And the intuition, those are whispers from your higher self and your guides and your angels and God and himself. He's also uh, whispering to you. You know, that still small voice that's mentioned in the Bible, it's not like big burning bush or big bellowing voice. It's a still small voice. It is subtle. Design. It's by design. Because if it was hit yourself o over the head with it, kind of uh, obvious, then where's the free will? It's like, oh, I'm going to get a smack if I uh, do this sin or this wrong thing. No, you got lots of you get lots of latitude <laughs> to make mistakes. How do you how are you doing for time? Do you have to run? I can keep going. <laughs> do we uh, still have people <laughs> listening? People are listening, and I, they're going to listen to this later. But so, how do you go between? The idea of here's what I want and setting your intention on your goal and chasing your goal and going until you get it mm -hmm. and then doing or and surrendering to God. What's because I feel like there is that yeah. kind of contradicting each other. Yeah, not really. It's okay. more like you want to 
get carried down the river or do you want to struggle down the river or worse <laughs> yet swim upstream as you're being carried down there are plenty of people who quote unquote hustle their way through their business and they're thinking that they're like doing it all on their own and they end up swimming upstream unnecessarily and exhausting themselves and not getting to where they're supposed to go so the, the so that's part of it is knowing to work with the energy of uh, of creation the creative forces that are that put you here and that gave you this opportunity to learn and grow you know this is all coming from God it's just ultimately at the end of the day this is it's just you and God that's all that this illusion of, of reality is and you need to have the desire to make uh, an impact and to reveal light and the more you have the desire and this is, this is another really powerful concept from Kabbalah from Jewish mysticism and that is if you have the desire you have already received the fulfillment hear that on for a second because if you had not received the fulfillment why would you even want it you wouldn't like if if i told you about this amazing indian dessert and it's got this uh exotic name and uh, you can't even pronounce it would you want it probably not not unless you've tasted it if you've had the fulfillment let's say in a past life or whatever okay i'm interested tell me more how do i get it so that means if time is an illusion and uh, the fulfillment has already received, uh, been, I've already received it, but it's, uh, it hasn't manifested in this timeline yet. Okay, so that means that I have received it, just I, I need to work on, on my faith, on my manifesting abilities. Uh, faith in Hebrew is emunah. So I need to work on my faith, my absolute certainty, certainty beyond logic, that everything is guided, everything is for my highest and best good and I allow, allow myself to get carried down the river while I maintain that absolute certainty and that desire to uh, reveal light to be close to the creator to um, heal uh, wounds that I've either created uh, in others or uh, that I have uh, received for a higher purpose that I don't see necessarily what that higher purpose is yet but I, I trust that it's there yeah those, those don't contradict, I don't think. It's just it's like uh, they work hand in hand. So in simple terms, we're like, God, here's, 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 my, here's my goal. Here's what I want. Help me get there. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah? Or guide yeah. me or uh, support me to get there. Or well, how about this? What if the things that you desire, you uh, check in with God and say, I only want the things that you want me to have. Mm -hmm. If you don't want it for me, I don't want it either. You know, I, I read a beautiful prayer the other day, and it said, God, please save me from chasing things that are not mine by the divine right. Because mm. we, could, we could be chasing things that, are, that don't belong, right? Yeah. And I read that, I'm like, that's, a, that's very interesting. Yeah, and we don't know what we don't know. So mm -hmm. when we're, ask, you know, we, uh, I've fallen into this trap many times, praying for exactly the thing. Well, what if there's a more benevolent outcome that I'm not seeing? I remember my chiropractor telling me he went through cancer uh, 15 years ago, and he said that that was the best thing that ever happened to him. He wouldn't change it for the world. Mm -hmm. He is such a <coughs> better person because of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I heard Brett Wilson talking to Joe Pollock last night. Brett Wilson is a Calgary guy talking to Joe Pollock last night. He was, he was saying the same thing. He, was, he said he went through cancer, and his dad died. 
the best thing that happened to us. Gave him some good awakening, and now health is his number one priority. And I, I've seen a few people actually talk about yeah. that. Who would want to ask God for an easy life? That's like saying, well, I want to go to the gym, and I want to hire the best personal trainer, and I want the, like, just the best gear, the coolest workout clothes, you know, the wicking, <laughs> the, the wicks my sweat and everything. But I don't even want to do really light work. I just want to curl with uh, two pounds. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's an easy life. I don't want that. Wow. I feel like Richard should have easy work another couple hours. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm sure I'll have you back here on the show. I would love to. And you're actually coming on my show tonight. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to it. Yeah, me too. And uh, I'm sure we'll be playing Briars and Bees and things like that. Because this really got off topic here. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> well, you know, everything leads to this. Because that's the whole point. It's not about building anything other than your relationship with God. And when I was shown that that matrix, right? This illusory world, the simulation, I thought, oh my gosh, that cleared a lot up. It gave me so much um, clarity and inspiration and focus. And I thought, wow. But I, 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 I didn't do it for myself. When I'm new to the Ascent, I was like, there's nothing I can find. And he showed me where that matrix, he showed me the other side of the veil and how it's this illusory world. I didn't ask for a job because I wanted to have more success. I asked for it because I felt called. And I felt like this was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I was inspired by a podcast that I found what she prayed for when she was on her deathbed and she said that she was feeling called to have some kind of pulmonary embolism that was going to take her out and have to pay for it and she prayed and she got called to go to Canada and then 50 years she got uh, a hip fracture